Welcome to Dune in 10, our look into the books of Dune in roughly 10 minutes. In this installment, we'll be covering the third book of the original series, Children of Dune, by Frank Herbert. Nine years after Paul walked into the desert, we rejoin the story. Alia rules the Empire as regent with a tight religious fist. It's not that there is more unrest than normal, but Alia struggles with how to keep her religion growing and at the forefront of all societies. She also struggles with the inability to see the future and the growing strength of her other memory from being pre-born. It should also be noted that Alia and Duncan are married. Paul's children, Leto and Ganima, are also pre-born. However, maybe because they have the companionship of each other, but widely believed because they don't take part in the spice trance, like Alia, they do not suffer from the onslaught of other memory voices. As much. Jessica has not returned to Arrakis in nine years and is planning a trip. Most believe this trip is planned by the Sisterhood to test Alia and the twins to see if they are abominations possessed by the voices from other memory. The twins sense trouble because it is clear to them that Alia is slipping into abomination and they fear the same for their future. Upon arrival, Jessica quickly picks up on the signs that Alia is succumbing to abomination and realizes she needs to see how bad it is, if she can be saved, and if the children are in the same boat. Leto begins dreaming of the future, and with Ganima decides that their grandmother needs to know that they are not an abomination, but that they should also not be underestimated. Things are coming to a head for the twins, and Leto suspects they will need to flee Alia in the near future. Leto also begins having visions of the need for following the Golden Path, the path Paul was too afraid to follow. He sees that in all possible futures, humanity becomes extinct, except for one, and that is the Golden Path. Also, during this time, a preacher begins speaking against the Church of Alia. Many suspect he is Paul returned, but none are sure. As Alia's woes increase and her inability to see the future become more and more a burden, she loses the ability to keep her other memory quiet and fears madness will take her. Then, a voice emerges promising to quiet the others if it is granted a moment of her senses from time to time. It will even offer her consul for her governing issues. The voice which Alia accepts and allows some sway over her is that of the Baron Harkonnen. One of the first political suggestions he gives her is to cheat on Duncan and sleep with her priest to get more sway over him, which she does. Sensing the plummet into abomination, and fearing the more unpredictable actions Alia is taking, Jessica agrees to leave Arrakis with Duncan, who knows of Alia's betrayal, and that she is no longer herself. They flee to one of the places they'd never be suspected to go, Seleucus Secundus. There they are taken in by House Carino on the agreement that Jessica will train Prince Faradin in the Bene Gesserit way. Unknown to the Atreides at the time, Faradin's mother has placed an assassination plot in motion to eliminate the twins. Although Faradin didn't agree with the plan, he learned of it too late to stop it, and recognizes the political gain that could be made from it should it succeed. Shortly after Jessica leaves, Leto and Ganima flee to the desert. It's here where they encounter the two Laza Tigers, sent by House Carino to kill them. Leto kills the Tigers, but Ganima is injured. Knowing that one of them must follow the Golden Path, they agree that Ganima must go back. She self-hypnotizes herself to believe that the lions killed Leto, and a worm ate the bodies. Leto leaves her in this state and pursues the hidden siege of the disbanded tribe of Jakarutu.
Ganima returns to Siege Tabar and kills the traitor who brought the Laza Tigers to kill them. She then reveals that Leda is dead, and it is believed by all that he is so. Learning that the Karinas planned the attack, Ganima is enraged, and when a marriage proposal from Faradin arrives via the hands of Jessica and Duncan, Ganima agrees only because she seeks vengeance on the wedding night. Leda makes his way to Jakarutu and discovers the hidden siege is under the cover of a smuggler base. There he finds Gurney Halleck, who thinks he's following the orders of Jessica, when really the orders are from Alia, and he gives Leto over to the tribe to be tested for abomination. The tribe, however, has been instructed by Alia to continue feeding Leto spice until he succumbs to abomination. This way, Leto will be out of the way, and Alia can keep her regency, only having to contend with Ganima's claim to the throne. Leto is given more and more spice, and he begins to see the golden path more clearly, where he can see all the choices that lay before him, and how he could be happy, but to save humanity, he must make an ultimate sacrifice. Fully saturated with spice, Leto escapes Jakarutu against all odds. He then finds the true hidden siege of Jakarutu, and willingly lets himself be captured, knowing he will eventually find the preacher here, who he knows through prescience is his father. While here, he accepts more spice treatment, knowing that he is fully saturated and that the spice can no longer affect him. He has beaten Abomination. Instead of being taken over by other memory, he has incorporated the personalities into his own, so that he is a conglomerate of all their experiences, instead of being one pillar that can be toppled. It is then that Leto is drawn to a pool of sand trout. He sticks his hand in the sand, and the sand trout recognize him as more than just human, but also spice, so they begin to bond with him. His body becomes covered with sand trout, like a new skin, that begins to transform him, as he and the sand trout become something new altogether. Leto gains the ability to jump to extreme heights, super strength, and worms recognize him as another worm and will not devour him. Leto escapes again and seeks out his father. Paul chastises Leto for doing this to himself, but Paul insists that the golden path is the only way, and that he had to do what Paul could not. The two return to Arakin, where Leto goes to meet Ganima and lift her hypnosis. Leto convinces Ganima that she needn't kill Faradin because he didn't kill him, and upon arrival, Faradin admits to the plan and that it was not his, and that he could not stop it. Meanwhile, Paul preaches to a crowd and is assassinated. Leto rushes to his side, but is too late. During the wedding ceremony between Ganima and Faradin, Leto reveals to all his return and it is here where the Baron takes full control of Alia, and she tries to kill Leto. With his new abilities, Leto is unable to be harmed by Alia, and she fights back against the voice within, eventually jumping off a balcony and killing herself, seeing it as the only way out. Ganima and Faradin are married, but just as Irulan was with Paul, Faradin will be her husband, but not her mate. Faradin is charged with being the new history keeper for Leto, for his empire will stretch longer than all others. The saga of Dune is far from over, but this brings us to the conclusion of Children of Dune. Make sure you check out our main episode for Children of Dune, where we discuss our many thoughts in the book and look out for our listener feedback show for the Children of Dune, where we'll discuss your comments and more. Remember, you can send your comments to us via email at dunesagapodcast at gmail.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash dunesagapodcast, or by calling into our voicemail number 1-260-577-2428. So once again, for the Dune Saga Podcast, I'm David Moulton. <laughs>
and may Shai Halud clear the path before you.